Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hello, welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. Uh, Ellie is not able to join us today, but uh, we're surprising. Ch- yeah, well, I mean, well, you know. well he's got a um, a sewer problem. He does. Yeah, that his sound. Uh, apparently, apparently, this is what happens when people become homeowners. He's got uh, terrible bad luck. It's like the terrible money pit. bad luck of. I used stuff. to love that movie. You remember that movie from the eighties, Money with, Pit, uh, Tom with Hanks, Tom Hanks, and uh, Shelley Duvall, maybe? No, no Shelley not Shelley Duvall. Duvall. Shelley Long. Shelley Long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. No, yeah. Wow, that was good. That was good. Yes, no, I do remember that. It was an old movie when I was a kid, so I can't even imagine. Can't believe you knew that too. Wow. Yeah. No. Fair See, enough. See, I pretended you were young there for a second. I uh, do. I, I, do I get points for that? Nice points. Mm, like I mean, you get San, points. San, San, Santa's watching, so you get I'm you get to, points. I don't know which, to get which the, direction the nice they go. List here. Anyway, yes. Well, uh, since since Ellie is dealing with tree roots destroying his plumbing, his uh, home, his entire home, it's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> Catherine Rubino is joining us, uh, the host of the Jabot, uh, also here from Bubba Law. How are you today? I'm pretty good. good. I, I don't have a sewer problem. Good. Well, I, I mean, mean, that's that that that's my, my house is covered in about a foot of snow, but you know, right. Well, I mean, otherwise, otherwise, I'm doing pretty well. Listen, snow melts; it'll be fine. Yeah, fair enough. So, before we get going any further, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll get into our discussion. Today's episode is brought to you by your cockatiel, who's very mad at you and thinking about flying the coop, all because you're still at the office slogging through an endless doc review project. Make better decisions, keep your pet, and work smarter with Logical, e-discovery software that gets you started in minutes. Stop winging it. When it comes to e-discovery, create your free account today at logical.com forward slash ATL. That's logic with a K, C-U-L-L dot com forward slash A-T-L. So we're back. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a wide array of things, uh, a lot of which involves e-discovery. Uh, and we're talking, we're joined by Jessica Robinson, the Vice President of Client Services for CasePoint. Uh, how are you today? I'm actually doing quite well. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Yeah. So you you aren't facing any of the snowbound problems that we are, I guess. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice outside. I mean, deceptively. I mean, it's cold, but we've got something, right. so I'm going to take it. <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, it is December, so I thought I'd kick off the discussion by saying, so one thing that we like to do around here is celebrate in December that it is the, you know, the big holiday e-discovery day. No, uh, in that uh, this is this is the anniversary of the new federal rules uh, that brought, you know, the litigation process to, I don't want to say the 21st century, but really close to the 21st 20th. century anyway. <laughs> but the new federal rules, and so that's, this has uh, been, I guess, since 2015, we've had these. It, you've worked in this industry. To what extent do you think do you see the difference between a world before we had rules that really took into account e-discovery and where we are today? Well, it created a billion dollar industry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, and you know, that's like the absolute truth of it. It's like the rules were put into place to help us solve problems. And it has, it has solved problems, but no one could have predicted the amount of innovation and technical, um, progress that we would made within that time that creates more problems that the rules continue to have to solve. Now, you come to this with both 
a business background and a legal background. What ways has that changed the way in which you look at this problem at uh, solving this e-discovery problem? Yes, actually. And in fact, it, it not only it, it's governed my entire career, actually, mm-hmm. you know, um, and in that governance of that entire career, I became very good because I applied business principles way early on. We're talking in 2002, 2003 to what is now e-discovery. Um, and back then, just pure litigation support, problem solving issues and putting, you know, and I basically put them into an operations framework, if you will, which allowed me to actually be very good at it. I put I wrap project management around these things from a project perspective that allowed us to chase down and um, solve problems and then make those things repeatable, you know, make those solves repeatable instead of just like fire, just putting out fires all the time and it allowed us to get into a proactive stance instead of being completely reactive all the time. And in doing that, you know, it's like, well, there's, there's an actual uh, thing here. <laughs> there's an actual yeah. career bound here. And um, I did all those things. And I guess I entered the industry at the exact right time. Yeah. That allowed me to apply that. And then the industry itself was hungry for um, these type of solutions. So, I think that's very interesting. I know you said you started um, kind of before a lot of the ru- the rules of the road were really in place. Can you give us a sense of what those early days of what is now e-discovery was like? I mean, I always like to tell a story when I first started as an associate at a firm, it, we had a certain number of terabytes and the partner asked me how many boxes that was. <laughs> so, so I mean, it, it, it no, wasn't that long ago, but that no. was the only measurement that, that this partner in particular understood. So I'm sure you have a million stories like that. Why don't you give us a little sense of what the what it was like back then well what it was like back then we were transitioning from the paper to the electronic so those questions actually made sense back then because there's no (laughs) other way to translate it um but as data volumes got um insane and as um tools came into place to process directly to um because you've got to remember it actually used to be print a paper load paper into database That right, so then, right, and then you know, um, technology. I think Cricket might be the technology that came along that said, "Well, we can just process directly um, to this scenario," and that's when you start seeing these crazy data volumes. And that question then started to not make sense, and then it started to not make lots of sense because we started getting file types and compression and all these other issues that came with it. And a similar story, we had I, had, I had a partner in those early days, it must have been 2006, 2007, who basically said, yes, print the entire database. And, you know, I tried to explain to him the whole, you know, truck thing. And then I stopped and I said, you know what, that's great. What we're going to do is kind of print the entire database. And then you just tell me where to park the truck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then he's like, oh, I said, I'm, I'm serious. Oh, wait. And this is how much it's going to cost. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> so that's yeah. a huge one. And you were telling the story, Catherine, a second ago about the boxes mm-hmm. as an associate. I had a different issue. I was in a litigation where I was on the opposite side of somebody who was supposed to produce a bunch of stuff. And they kept using the, oh, you know, it's, you know, it's just terabytes. It's just going to take forever. And it was before there was much savvy with how, well, first of all, the, the technology wasn't really developed, but also there wasn't a lot of savvy that, you know, people could be abusing that system and talking up their obstacles that didn't really exist. And we puddled around in discovery for 
a couple of years. Years, yeah. As a magistrate just wouldn't pull the trigger on, no, you've got to get this done because he kept kind of falling for the idea that, you know, it's just impossible to get all this done in the time that terabytes, would be. Terabytes, terabytes, yeah. I tell you. I mean, the word terabyte was explained millions of times and every, yeah. no one had a concept yet. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry, that's a that's definitely an interesting point because early on when the rules actually dropped, um, it was the savvy attorney who started using them tactically mm-hmm. as opposed to um, just following them and everybody collaborating and doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, you could you could do a good assessment of the other side and be like, eh, I can now uh, win some stuff. Yeah. Or at least mess you up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so so <laughs> I, I've, I've got many examples of that as well. Right. <laughs> large, large cases, and it's, it's very interesting. So. In terms of technology, what advancements do you think have made the biggest improvement in the last 10 to 15 years that really changed the practice of litigation? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> well, all of them could, sure. uh, you know, like to, to, I mean, to be fair, used in a particular way. I mean, uh, I'm a project manager. I always say, you know, I'm agnostic to tools, uh, to, you know, tools really it's you, you assess the situation that you're in, you assess the project environment you're in and you apply the tools that you need to apply. Um, sometimes you're stuck with the tools, so now you have to know the strengths and weaknesses. But I think things that have really, really helped, um, especially in, in the last 10 years, let's shorten it. <laughs> to the last, yeah. um, <laughs> shorten it to like the last uh, four or five years. And it's really some of the AI stuff that's been coming on board where it allows attorneys to do real analysis that makes uh, like a meaningful, conclu- it helps them make meaningful conclusions about large amounts of data. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is what I've seen is, is now making a really big impact, I think, on e-discovery as a whole, because you can now flip the script and change your entire approach in terms of how you go through review, right? Like, if we talk about what we, we landed into from an e-discovery perspective, we got the um, EDRM, and we're like, yeah, that seems like a great framework, and we go through this, you know, process, you know, collection, processing, review, you know, this whole thing. But now it's like, well, let's stop for a second. Let's step back. Let's think about the case and what we need. And now we can put it into some of these other tools that are very powerful in helping um, people come to conclusions on on their data and and making an impact. And and that impact could be as simple as, yeah, uh, we can't win. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, settlement negotiations. (laughs) Exactly. Let's go into settlement (laughs) negotiations. I mean, but having that so that kind of information at your fingertips quickly, I mean, much more quick. Than than before. I mean, could have took months to get to that point yeah. where now you know we've we've reduced it to weeks, maybe even days, using the technology correctly. <laughs> and, and you know the stories that we were telling about about the truck, about the guy trolling the magistrate. In all those, one common theme was that we didn't have technology, at, but also we were all trying to do things ourselves. You know, the law firm itself, an entity that was built around getting two bankers boxes and that being all of what Discovery was, was trying to deal with all this. And so there's not just the new third party of technology out there helping people do Discovery, but there's a whole industry of project management, like what you're talking about, that guides lawyers through this process. I mean, it's true. I think in a lot of ways, 
the biggest change in the last however many years has been the addition of project management to skill sets, yeah, yeah. To, to litigation. And and I know that's a, that's what you do, uh, yeah. Jessica. How do, how do you feel the interaction between project management and the legal profession, which is not known to be the most receptive to change, ha- has happened over the last few years? Coming from someone who um, started in the early years actually doing actual project management um, and then then saying this is a real concept that we need to apply, you know, really for the, from a departmental standpoint, that's, you know, really where I would start pushing. We really need to apply this. And the, the yes, general push, push back from the attorney saying, well, that's not how we practice law and that's not what the law is. And that's, um, you know, we were cerebral and it's all special <laughs> snowflake. Um, and, you know, if there's nuances, there's these nuances. <laughs> So, <laughs> right. so your pro, your structured process can't possibly apply. For me, there has definitely been a sea change, one hundred percent. Like um, it's especially with the larger firms that I've worked at, and as now with clients, um, it's like there is now one hundred percent value add. People are seeing, and and there's reasons behind that I, that I believe, and I don't know if those reasons are internally driven, but in some cases they are internally driven because they have external pressures. So clients demand it. <laughs> exactly. Clients are like, oh, we really want to know what the costs are here. No, mm-hmm. when you, when we say costs, we actually mean the line items. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, yeah. mean, we mean the detail. We mean data. We need to understand why you're making these type of decisions from a data specific standpoint. And when you're now asked to justify cost, justify um, your billing hour, justify um, anything that based on actual data. Well, now you have to think about where do you get that data? How do we get that data? You know, how do we store it? How do we analyze it? How do we present it? And project management answers all of that because project management answers all things. Yeah. <laughs> true believer. Well, and, <laughs> and, it, and it's true. And uh, you use the, the, phrase special snowflake in there, which is one that I've used for lawyers who say, well, I need to have eyes on ev- human eyes on every document because, you know, that's what can never be dealt with any other way. And that's not only untrue, but we're getting to the point where these algorithms are doing a better job of catching things that human beings just don't. Oh, we were at that point in yeah. 2010, you know, 2008, <laughs> right? Like we could we could demonstrably show um, the difference between um, assisted review re- and however you want to define that. But like using computers, either you're using a sampling technique or you're using actual tar or you're using, um, you know, some kind of other AI thing. It doesn't matter. We could demonstrably show that by using those techniques, we were getting better percentages of accuracy than mm-hmm. humans period. Yeah. The humans was like at 20%. It was insane. But that's yeah. what it always had been. Right. But now we can measure it. <laughs> the one thing about humans that I've I've said to people before that is my, my concern is that part of learning as a lawyer, from my perspective anyway, was being bad at this. Um, <laughs> but, but looking at all the documents and being able to say, well, I, I don't understand what I'm looking for. And me learning, oh, you know, now I see this. Oh, that's what is important to look for. And the, those lessons that made me a better mid and senior level person because mm-hmm. I've gone through it and seen, oh, this is why this matters. 
one of one of the issues is we've kind of outsourced that in a way that makes each individual review better, but the training aspect for yeah. the kids and I don't really know as though I have any good solution to it, but I wonder how they're going to get their experience screwing up a, a review, it, for lack of a better way of putting it. <laughs> no, I mean, that's an actually fascinating and great point. On the one hand, that is how we teach ourselves through our mistakes. Yeah. Um, but then on the other hand, we have to, I mean, we're, we're certifying that these things are you know, accurate. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you do? I don't know. I think there needs to be, in my opinion, there might need to be a more of a journeyman approach to training. And yeah. we probably need to be start talking about this kind of stuff way earlier in law school mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that, you know, and let's see what those two things do. <laughs> you, know, yeah. I don't know, you know, it's like, you know, there's probably many nuances to that issue and that we could solve. But yeah, I think gone are the days where, you know, you, you know, a bunch of people go to law school because, you know, they have their English degree from college and, you know, what do we do? Right. And they come out, <laughs> you know, I mean, and then they come out and then they go get a job and you, this job is, um, starts with usually in big firms, doc review and, um, that kind of stuff. But now it's like, I think we're going to have to think about that. And I think law firms are already starting to think about that and, and, and we're starting to see a difference in their, you know, their summer programs and yeah. Yeah, how I they mean, approach it and things like that. Yeah. The most recent data suggests that although the overall employment rate for recent graduates is up, the over the hiring of at big law firms, the size of their summer classes and incoming classes is down mm-hmm. to pre, you know, it's it has not re- reached the 2008 kind of pre-recession levels. And it's not going to in large part because they don't have that kind of fodder of work constantly available that they used to just throw bodies at. They no longer have that need for anybody who can click a mouse. Yeah. And, and not just in litigation, which uh, is sure. a lot of what we talk about in e-discovery, yeah. but there are now tools out there being built for due diligence and, you know, and contract, review, contra- and, contract yeah. review and Edgar and what's yeah. the corporate la- the best language or what market language is. Yeah. That's what right. I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and we were kind of talking about the way in which this industry is, has, has kind of developed during the course of your career, but kind of taking a step away from looking backwards, but looking forward, where do you see the e-discovery uh, and sort of legal technology industry heading in the future? Huh. Great question. <laughs> giant <But> question. <laughs> it is a giant question because it's really interesting because, again, I mean, I've, I've said this before, the rate of technology, the rate of how we just operate people, do things, changes. And you have, n- you have no idea what something, some disruptor will come in. Even I'm, I'm talking about from like how we do entertainment or how we communicate mm. can, can alter that. But sure. Given what I know now in the framework, I think that, <laughs> like, given what I know now in this moment, um, I think that it's possible and, you know, probable, and because we're already seeing patterns of it, that um, e-discovery, you know, I'm not saying that the problem is solved, but it's, it's shifting where the problem is solved. So mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot more technology that is really front-ending a lot of technology companies, which are front-ending information management, information governance, for all types of reasons, but it's going to be impacting e-discovery, right? They're doing it because of security issues. Um, mm-hmm. They're doing it because of the massive amount of data that exists. I mean, so this may, so it's a business reason around it, and then e-discovery is going to be impacted. So you're going to see a lot more companies where the search function, some of the um, e-discovery technology um, that we do outside can be done in our clients' um, 
firewalls inside their environments. their environments. And I think yeah. that's going to be a continuing trend. Again, I don't know how some kind of technology is going to blow that up and say, oh, well, we've solved it completely and now we're doing this other thing. Um, but yeah. it is what it is. But, but that being said, like those very things that the businesses are trying to solve, security and all that other kind of stuff, creates a huge opportunity for e-discovery because and e-discovery project management and legal ops. Because um, from an e-discovery perspective, this is the kind of stuff that we've always done. We've used technology to solve these legal problems. And it's the same skill set that can be applied in any other legal problem, frankly. So, Well, I guess the, the final question I kind of am interested in is we've talked about the industry as a whole. Let's have a little bit of time to talk about what case points up to specifically. Mm-hmm. For those who read Above the Law, which all of you should be, because why would you listen to this podcast without also reading Above the Law? But for those of you who've read, you've you know, you've probably seen we've covered Case Point many times over the last several years. But if you haven't been reading, we'll get the recap now. So, <laughs> Jessica, why don't you? Can you talk to us a little bit about what Case Point offers and uh, and what it's doing in the in the space? Sure. So, Case Point offers a fully integrated end-to-end um, e-discovery solution. When we talk about the EDRM and we talk about um, a tool that uh, takes um, our data from one end to the other, meaning from um, collection to um, you know disposition, um, that's what our main tool and bread and butter has always been. What was unique about our tool when it came out is that it was truly one platform. You didn't have to, and you still don't have to, bolt on anything to it. Uh, All the technology is contained. Uh, We have a bunch of smart people who um, give us like best-in-class technology around um, Case Point um, in terms of um, helping solve some of these um, e-discovery problems. And we've done it in such a way that we've um, also combined a service element to that, which means that we engage in the same... um, challenges that our clients often engage in. And because we engage in those challenges, uh, we've solved them because, frankly, we like to make our lives and our clients' lives easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that, that's the whole point. So we've gone to a model or we, we have an additional model where clients can do in the cloud and clients can um, take full control of their e-discovery process. And we've made a, a very, uh, we've made that very simple for them. And We've also released what we're calling a case point platform, um, which means that we now have an environment where we can build other types of technology. So our new case point e-discovery, that model where clients can do all their e-discovery needs, um, Mm -hmm. is an app on that platform. And we can have any number of apps on that platform, like a project management app or an accounting app or things like that. So we are trying to be flexible and nimble wherever the market goes. Um, and make sure that we're um, offering best-in-class technology and service for our um, our clients. Yeah, I've been following the product for a while, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, as I've been writing about tech here for a while. And I'll say the last time I sat down and played with it, the best thing I could say about it was I didn't feel anything new about it. And that's not in that there wasn't new stuff. It's that the user experience was so familiar to me from mm-hmm. the times I dealt with it before that I didn't feel like all this new stuff was changing my experience. Yeah. Uh, it was just more additive stuff, uh, yeah. which that I think people undersell how useful that is. Yes. I mean, I, it's, it's really interesting because uh, we pride ourselves on making basic users 
power users, right? right? You know, it's not a scenario where you can't use the most advanced technology on your tools because you don't know how to. Case point helps you do that, the tool itself. And so um, it's, it's I, one of our strengths, I think, and one of our differentiators. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you for joining us today. This was super useful to have a quick talk about <laughs> eDiscovery and Case Point, uh, you know, for the eDiscovery holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know if everybody got what they wanted from, I don't even know who the the uh, the gift giver would be for eDiscovery Day, but... Well, I got a you, career. I got an amazing... <laughs> you got a career. I'll take it. I got a lump of, I got a lump of terabyte in my <laughs> stocking or something. <laughs> but, yeah... But again, yeah, thank you. That Jessica Robinson, she's the Vice President of Client Services at Case Point. Thanks for joining us. And thanks all of you for listening to us. If you aren't already subscribed, you should do that. You should give reviews, all of that stuff. You should be reading Above the Law. You should follow us on Twitter. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One. You should be listening to the Legal Talk Network's family of shows. You should listen to Catherine's show, The Jabot. And you should... Uh, I, I think that that's everything. I think yeah, I've gone I mean, through it all. Follow us extensively in every in every platform. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we even uh, we made an attempt at Instagram. We'll we'll do we better do. with that. We do. We it's do. hard to get law on pictures, well, but we'll, we'll figure do, it out. We we'll do a better memeing job. I yeah. think, legally. Yeah. But you know, we're working on it. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, cool. Thanks, and uh, we'll be back soon. Bye. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.